0: Episode 134, Smallmouth Step Brothers. Jay Shakurat, Alex Redwine recap on their 2022 Bassmaster Elite Series rookie season. Talking about the 2023 season looking forward. And a few smallmouth tips. Enjoy the episode. This week's podcast is, as always, brought to you by Arsenal Fishing and a special, special promo. They're extending the Cyber Week to the Cyber Month. Through January 3rd, where all purchases on Arsenal Fishing website will be entered into a $500 sweepstake through January 23rd, and you can use code CYBERWEEK23, all one word, for 30% off the entire site. That includes all the in-stock items and all the pre-order items like the Snyder Swim Jig, the new plier tools, many other things, and all the great existing things like Arsenal Tactical Minnows braid, scissors, sunwear, it's a really good time to stock up on Arsenal. And if you think of it, tell them hellabass sent you in the comments. All right, here we are. Back on our Wednesday night, Hellabass Live, powered by Arsenal Fishing. What's up, guys? How are you guys doing? Good, too man. bad. How are you
1: doing? The, uh, the, the made-up smallmouth brothers that I made up. Yeah, that was myself. funny. <laughs> I love that. That got a lot of attention, honestly. I thought it did. Yeah, very cool. So, uh, yeah, we have Jay Shakurit.
0: And because I'm from the north, I can pronounce that. And uh, Alex Redwine <laughs> joining us tonight. Uh, yeah. So, if you guys don't know, they're uh, both, uh, I guess, last year was their Elite Series rookie season and both heading into their sophomore season in 2023. So, we're going to talk about uh, – Two big topics tonight. We're gonna spend a lot of time talking about uh, life on the road because they were roommates, travel partners, I think, all year. But we'll get into that. And then, if there's any time in the left, maybe we'll talk some smallmouth fishing, and uh, you guys can give up a couple juice nuggets that help people catch more <laughs> smallies and suck less. Try to, anyways. All right, Brian says we are we're sounding and looking good. Sweet. All right, just, uh, da, da, da. people filing in. Good to see lots of regulars. Gary says, uh, what's up, Alex?
2: Oh, hey, Gary. What's up, Alex? Yeah, Alex, <laughs> I haven't talked
1: to you in a while. What the heck's going on?
2: Yeah, I know. I figured you were buried down, hunkered down, getting ready for the cold weather.
1: Yeah, we're getting 12 inches tonight. Oh, gosh. School's canceled. They can't. Oh, well, they might even cancel a college tonight. <laughs> it's up yeah, we're in getting the nice. Nice layer of rain right before it gets cold and the snow goes on. So that's a, that's a really good mix. Yeah, I know. Hopefully the rain sucks up all the snow.
0: But the thing is like, we'll get uh, a little bit of rain frozen under a foot of snow and it'll still impact us less than like anywhere South of the mix. Mason Dixon line getting like a half inch of snow.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. All right, Alex. So, where do we even start on our journey, on our Elite Series journey? All right, wait. Let's start with maybe
0: like just a little bit. Uh, I mean, Jay, you were on a year ago. Uh, I mean, we this show pretty much launched your rookie career. I mean, I'll take credit for that. Um, But uh, (laughs) maybe just uh, a couple quick nuggets, like uh, on how you qualified,
1: and then how you got connected. I guess is probably where I'd start. Yeah. Yeah, so how I qualified was through the Central Opens. I fished last year in 2021, and I qualified through three tournaments. It was pretty much like the fastest way I ever thought I could qualify or really didn't even think I could do it, to be honest, and it all happened so fast. And uh, next thing you know, I was second in the points, and I was qualified for the Elite Series, and then I was put into a situation at the end of the year last year where you know, I had to get everything together, um, to fish the elite series, which is very expensive. And, um, cutting costs is one thing that everybody tries to do. And obviously you want to have somebody that you trust on the elite series and you can travel around with. And, uh, that's kind of where Alex came into play. And we, we actually never knew each other before the season even started or prior to, um, the opens or anything. So, I actually reached out to him on Instagram. I just direct message him because we were the same age at the time and he just qualified as well. And I was like, hey, like, do you think there's any chance we could hook up and maybe at least just split costs on lodging? I mean, I didn't know if I was going to love or hate the guy. Never met (laughs) him in my life. So Alex can explain a little bit from there, kind of how he qualified and uh, what he said to me through the message on Instagram. (laughs)
2: yeah <laughs> yeah like like you said, like we didn't know each other through the opens. Um, i I do like very vaguely remember in 2020 at Lay Lake uh, Jay was fishing as a co-angler and I remember like sitting around after the way and then like they crowned Jay as a co-angler champion and I was like, oh, like that kid's like pretty young, like props to him, like never thought anything of it uh, or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, like we so like when I qualified, I fished that year I fished the northerns and the southerns. Jay fished the centrals and the southerns so we did fish the southern division together but like I said like I didn't I wasn't aware of like who he was at the time I qualified through the northerns Um, but yeah like we both kind of like I forget who sent like a message first but I was I think I said yeah I I think we were Mm -hmm. both on like another podcast or something like I kind of like heard like Mm -hmm. that he was around the same age as I was and I was like oh like I didn't know you were that young too and then it was like, hey, like are you traveling with anybody? And then Jay was like, no. And then yeah, that kind of went from there. And then next thing you know, I met the guy at the Saint, Saint or Saint John's River down in Florida. And for some reason, we were I so didn't...
1: nervous that night. We had this uh so yeah, fast forward. Next thing you know, the first time we're meeting each other is the St. John's. We are you would you book that hotel through um, we had a recommendation through Skyler Hamilton and Mike Huff. It was a couple of people that told us to stay there. So it was kind of surreal, like pulling up to the place or two rookies. And obviously there's all these pros staying at this hotel and we were like, like, wow, this is actually happening. And then, um, cause we haven't even practiced. We haven't even rigged our rods yet. We pretty much just got to Florida. And, uh, I think it was like that first night before the tournament. I don't know how much either one of us slept, but, um, that was probably the most nervous and i'm sure alex can say the same um, for that tournament it was it was pretty wild so you guys like basically just arrived
0: afternoon before nothing like super early so you guys basically like yeah it was like mid hang out for like 3 hours it's time for bed mm-hmm. we're splitting a room yeah. Double queens yeah. double queen situation. Like I hope he's not an axe murderer. Or I hope he doesn't like <laughs> scream
1: in his sleep or like Yeah. First time I met him, didn't know if he was a snore, didn't know if he was a sleepwalker. Um yeah, you know, everybody's got their quirks. Double queens got, like a pet possum he sleeps with. I mean, you don't know anything <laughs> about either one of each other, like Yeah, see know. like sleep, yeah. You know, I mean, everybody's different on their sleeping situations, but We'll get into the sleep, the whole sleeping quirks later, because I think (laughs) both of us know each other's quirks by now. But yeah, anyways, um, the day before that tournament, and then once the tournament progressed, we were less and less nervous. And then um, I feel like we kind of clicked right away. I mean, I we never really had any uh, moments where like we disagreed with each other. um, We pretty much shared. I wouldn't say we shared as much information right away. Is probably because we were trying to at least feel each other out a little bit. Um, I mean, the first time you meet somebody, you don't know. I mean, it's the same thing with any other friendship, I feel like. and uh, But I feel like once we got, like, halfway through the season, once we hit, like, Pickwick, and then uh, once we got to the St. Lawrence, I feel like it really grew and, like, we started trusting each other and not necessarily giving exact spots, but coming back and, you know, sharing how the day went, sharing what you caught what you caught it it on or kind of a good direction of what's not working. Like I did this for six
0: hours Mm -hmm. and never got a bite. So uh, we might want to write that off or. And like when when you, when you first
2: meet. And like when you first meet somebody, like you don't kind of like know exactly like how much you can kind of like tell this person or trust this person. Because like, I feel like every fisherman has seen it where something comes back around and ends up biting them like Mm -hmm. down the road later. But yeah, I feel like season went on. I feel like kind of like Pickwick was kind of like our, I felt like almost like the biggest kind of like, like trusting times. I don't know, just because yeah. like we didn't do very good in that tournament or already, like no. we didn't have a good finish, but just because it was a whole like kind of like finding schools of fish and stuff like that, where we are kind of like, well, I felt like we just worked together really well in that one. And then yeah. Yeah, from, the, from there on out, we just kind of like, we both have like the same rhythm and like we kind of are on like the same like mind where it's like, we know what to tell each other and, and, like, we know what not to tell each other because, like, next thing you know, like, if someone's telling you a bunch of stuff, that's going to kind of get in your head and going to, like, kind of mm. mess with how you either practice or how you fish the tournament like that. So it's kind of, like, cool to, to tell, um, kind of have that balance of what all you're going to tell
1: and everything like that. Bill says hi. <laughs> What's up, Bill? <laughs> I can uh, fast forward to that Pickwick tournament when we really started to click a little bit. Um, I mean, you talk about all these guys that have these connections on the elite series, like there's all these certain clicks, you know, like the Johnston brothers, or obviously they're brothers. So it's a little bit different there, but there's other people like Brandon Cobb and Shane LaHue, you know, mm-hmm. they share so much information and there's other people like that. Um, definitely that tournament was where it took off for us because in practice, both of us, like. Every day we'd come back, like, do you find anything? No. Did you find anything? No. And I'm like, it got to the third day of practice where usually one of us has found something or found a pattern that was working. And uh, we pretty much just put our two heads together and uh, we actually shared one area for most of that tournament. But obviously the standings, it didn't really work out too well. The fish weren't the size that we were hoping for. But uh, anyways, yeah, I mean, I felt like we worked together that tournament and then we could trust each other. Moving forward, where we weren't gonna, you know, if somebody was catching him better than the other, we would lean off or vice versa. So, Pickwick was like your stepbrother's
0: moment where you're like, did we just (laughs) kind of, yeah, yeah,
1: kind of, yeah, yeah, because neither of us cashed a check. Um, is that the one time Jaden cashed a check? <laughs> no, uh, Lake Fork. <laughs> no, Lake Fork got me. Yeah. As, yeah, as, as perfect Fork. as
2: as perfect as he seemed, he didn't cash a check in a couple of tournaments this Those year. Back to back Pickwick yeah, Lake Fork
1: tournaments. Those ones they didn't like me, no. So yeah, anyways, uh after that picnic pickwick tournament, we went uh straight to the St. Lawrence and so we get back together, blah blah blah. We got this house. It's a little bit crusty, not gonna lie. Um, shout out who is I can't remember her name, the person that owns it, but what's the place called? Oh yeah, it's right. It's a lucky. It's a lucky cabin because this is where Alex qualified (laughs) for the Elite Series. Yeah, one.
2: Yeah, I qualified at the St. Lawrence, and there was like this little cabin cottage thing. It's like sixty dollars a night. Like sleeps like three four five people no Damn. ac like the beds like lean and there's like divots in them like all the doors squeak like the windows don't close the, like the showers like you can barely fit your shoulders in the shower um yeah, but i was, was like we gotta we gotta we gotta stay here like there's good mojo here like whatever. and it was like 60 dollars a night or something right and then yeah the, the mojo was obviously in jay's favor that week but we're for sure staying there again next year like no questions about it <laughs>
1: No, so we like showed up to this place, and I'm like, "Wow, yeah, you weren't kidding." And then um we go out on our first day of practice, and when we get back to the the cabin we were in, we were like, "Like, how'd you do?" Because normally we're like, we- we'll talk a little bit on the water. We might not have the greatest service on the water or whatever. Like, how'd you do? And like, I like went up to Alex. I was like, "So, like, how how'd you do out there?" And he's like, "We were dude." He's like, "We were dude. trying
2: to like we were trying to hold in
1: like the <laughs> yeah. excitement." <that> we, <laughs> we were trying to like like hype each other up a little bit or like maybe um
2: oh, yeah, I maybe try and get other someone other. to say
1: something first. And he's like, I'm like, I and then I I think I came out first. I was like, I had like 26, maybe close to 27 pounds. Like it was unbelievable. And then Alex is like, he's like, I caught so many five pounders and I probably <laughs> had the same weight. And I was like, oh my, like this tournament is about to be the best tournament of our lives. And uh yeah, I can't believe it. It, I mean, you had a great finish and obviously I had a great finish, but um, for that to happen the first day of practice and I mean, you, you had been out there before, but a different time of the year and, uh, you know, to both have amazing days on the first day and come back and look at each other like, wow, um, I think one of us might win this week was, was pretty special. Yeah. And to answer
2: Brian, Brian's question, so I'm 23, Jerry, you're 24 now, I forget, or 23 too. Mm-mm.
1: Okay, yeah, still so we're 23 both, until June.
2: Yeah, so we're both 23. When we first start, when I call quali- or when the season first started, we were both 22. And I think at the time, I don't know about this year, but I know last year, like we were the youngest two on the elite series. I'm not sure about this year though, but we might still be the youngest next year. I'm not sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, Corey. Yeah, I fished with Corey day two of Grand Lake. That was crazy. That was the day I qualified. That was wow. Looking back on that, that was a wild day.
0: Yeah, we we kind of covered that whole story in great detail yeah.
1: last time you're on that
0: whole. So if anybody mm-hmm. really wants like the deep dive of Jay's yeah. uh, co angler uh, open championships and all that stuff, you can go back and I'll, I'll have a link back to that. But um, so what uh, what was the sketchiest? I mean, was St. Lawrence the sketchiest place you stayed all year, or was that just the <laughs> um, most? Uh,
1: what was our other ones we stayed at this year? Uh, we got fortunate. That actually, Alex was the one that came through with a lot of the places. Um, He just knew a lot of people, and we actually got into a couple actual people's houses, like on Santee. um, And I can't remember where else, but uh, yeah, we were definitely fortunate with that. So that, that helped out a lot. And for this next year, actually, we're going back to Santee again. So we get to stay at Judd's house. Shout out to Judd down in Santee. And then probably like two or three more houses we'll be able to stay at this year. So we didn't have anything that was like crazy scary or, um, nothing that, uh, no scares or robberies or anything like that this year. So was it, was it uh, so it was a combination of like staying at people's houses and hotels is that was your, was your, yeah. And then we floated around that one time in between tournaments, we made a pit stop at Gunnersville and stayed in a hotel um for a week there and that was some of the best fishing we both experienced probably in i don't know a long time wouldn't you say alex oh yeah gunnersville trip
2: yeah it was between lake fork and pickwick we went to gunnersville just to kind of like try to like suit up for For, pickwick offshore kind of like ledge fishing just because we weren't we both weren't very familiar with it um but yeah we went to gunnersville and like it was it was hands down probably in like the top three like lifetime so far that like fishing days at We've probably both ever had. Um, yeah, yeah.
1: We kind of try to like to
2: go. All to... right. Uh, we kind of try back to the hotel thing. I feel like we kind of more like find ourselves in either like houses or like kind of like little cabins and stuff. I feel like we haven't done like a whole ton of like hotels during the tournament scene, just because I feel like it's kind of nicer to have that kind of like open space that you would yeah. with like a cabin or renting something
1: like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah that definitely helps out a ton if anybody's looking to like hook up with somebody or do something the hotels are great but if you can find like a cabin or something that you can cook and you have like maybe one or two separate bathrooms that's the way to go 100 percent
0: yeah so what was your uh did you guys bring a grill did you cook like are you guys like what, what does food prep look like for you guys
1: oh gosh it's kind of, alex? It's kind of, it's kind of
2: all yeah. over the place i'm
1: like a vacuum
2: and i'll eat like anything
1: <laughs> a vacuum whenever i when i get off the water from like a nine or ten hour day usually my stomach shrunk by then so I, when i try and eat a lot it just doesn't work and then the rest of it just goes to alex so usually nothing goes to waste there and then i feel like alex is more like a the frozen meal kind of guy um when you get back, I don't know. You can tell yeah. whatever you want for your. I feel yeah. like I feel like, the I, feel biggest,
2: like the... I feel like I saw you cook like a lot of like little quesadillas this year, like a handful
1: of quesadillas certain places. Yeah, like that. I did make whatever. that at pickwick a couple of times. Yeah. Whenever we try and like make food, usually it only lasts for like one or two nights. And then once we get into like practice in the tournament, we're just like, oh, whatever looks good. Yeah. But, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, you
0: guys, uh, I mean, so uh, do you guys uh, packing, like, do you guys do any food prep for the boat? Or are you guys just, like, hitting the quick trip and, like, throwing in stuff? Like, what, what, is, what does well, boat snack look like for you guys?
2: My boat can, <laughs> apartment, my, like, snack apartment. I feel like it's a lot of just, it's a lot of cheese crackers. A lot of cheese crackers, <laughs> a lot of trail mix um i oh, never really i feel like i never have enough time to like actually pack a sandwich in the morning because in the morning i'm like kind of like discombobulated like don't know what's going on like it's kind of early like for yeah. practice and stuff and i just don't have time to make a sandwich um <clears throat> yeah
1: are, are neither of us morning people i don't think we are
2: yeah we like don't talk to each other in the morning <laughs> like whether it's practice or the tournament it's just like uh, like what ramp you put in that today
1: <laughs> oh, okay let's see ya. Once we get out there, then we're like, we're more woke up. And when, then yeah. we start having a conversation. But when we like wake up in the morning, we're just like, oh, I don't even know, man. I don't even know where I'm at here. Hold on. You guys Let me get can, my bearings.
0: Sound like the opposite of uh, Ryan Selzman. I actually watched, he had like a, a I watched it because I was on Mille Lacs, but he did his video from Mille Lacs from the BPT. And he gets up like an hour and 15 minutes before he needs to leave to like cook chicken breasts in the George Foreman and like build like <laughs> this wait. oatmeal. Like instant oatmeal cookie that he like he's got like he's got something he he picked up some kind of disease or bug or something that threw off his like so he can only eat very specific things but he gets up and does like ninety
1: minutes of food prep every day before he goes on the water it's crazy yeah so Uh, like what, what our our daily routine so it starts off with that like say it was like a tournament day we'd kind of wake up. We don't really talk to each other until we get out on the water. And then we'll, we'll, we'll BS in the boats in the morning before takeoff, you know, and everybody's, uh, we're all grouped up waiting to take off. And then, um, once we get in, blah, blah, blah. And then once we actually go to bed, um, we're sharing a room and he snores, He Alex definitely snores. Um, he doesn't not admit all, to it not, though. Not all the time though. He doesn't he doesn't admit to it not all the time. When he's real tired, that's when it gets really aggressive. But then um but usually I'm tired at that point too, so then I don't hear it, but um I might snore too, I don't know. Do I? Uh
2: maybe like a few times. I feel like I've heard you like talk a few <laughs> times about something. I don't know what it was, but
1: I feel like I've heard you mumble <laughs> before. But. No, I feel like it the combination is not bad. I mean, it's not like we're not getting any sleep Um when you're across the room. Or usually, if it's a cabin, he's in. We're in separate rooms, and it's a little it's bit like better. You that you have way, to worry but...
0: about bringing a sound machine. you got it built in, Jay? So yeah, it's... right.
1: True. True. All right. Let's. I don't know. That's this. that's about our uh, yeah. our season. Other than there's got to be something else crazy that happened. I feel like there definitely was. <laughs> there's been.
2: I just feel like it's been cool because, like, oh, the biggest thing we learned. Huh?
1: Mm.
2: Right, I was just going to say, like, I feel like the biggest thing, it was just kind of, like, cool because a lot of guys or some guys you'll see, like, an older person take them under their wing, uh, like kind of like a veteran of the sport or someone that has, like, a few more years right. on them. They'll kind of, like, take, like, a younger guy or a rookie under the wing. And like, we kind of didn't have that uh, this year, but it was like kind of super cool just to see us both kind of get like thrown into the ring, like just kind of thrown into the elite series. Um, And we kind of just had to like learn kind of like just learn for ourselves through trial and error. And like, and like, obviously like Jay had like a, like pretty good year and like just being able to watch that unfold was like pretty cool. Just like firsthand, like witnessing, like the st lawrence win and like rookie of the year and just like i feel like i learned a lot just from like jay's like mentality that he has towards fishing and like confidence and everything like that um where yeah it's just kind of just cool to just watch yeah like because we we entered it on the same page like we entered beginning of the year yeah. on the same page it's just kind of like lost or scared or nervous um and just kind of yeah kinda, <laughs> yeah yeah so it's like not saying that like we're seasoned seasoned vet by any year but like by any means but I feel like we uh, we learned a lot from
1: last february to now I feel like like hitting on that same point like in our like ninth tournament on the Mississippi River I felt like we were like so dialed in and like remember like the third day like in the morning we were like like here and here and here and like you need to go here if you need fish yeah. like I felt like from the St. John's to the ninth tournament at lacrosse, like we were no longer scared or like nervous that third day or second day of the tournament or wherever it have you. Like we were more confident in like telling each other, like, you need to go here if you need to fish. Like we weren't nervous that we weren't going to catch a limit or do something like that. Like we had so much confidence in each other at that time where it was like, Everybody else was, like, thrown out the window. Like, it was just me and him fishing the tournament. And, uh, yeah, so from there to the St. John's was a huge stepping stone for us, I felt like. Sure.
0: Questionable accommodations in lacrosse, but, you know. (laughs) Yeah, Kevin's. (laughs) Where's Kevin? Is he on here? I haven't seen him. (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, so I guess what, I mean, you guys talked about, was there any, like, is it like their biggest takeaway from <clears> the <throat> season? Is it like, hey, it's it's still just fishing. It's, you know, it it's not bigger than the moment. Is it like these guys, they're I mean, they're good anglers, but you know, I mean, or like, does it like, did you learn something like how to practice or how to prepare or like, what do you think is your biggest takeaway taking into next year?
2: I feel like the, like you said, I feel like practice was the biggest thing that I learned just how to go to a body of water that you've like never been to before and like only have limited days of practice compared to the opens when you could practice for weeks on end if you wanted to but just understanding like how three days of practice is how how it works and like how to be efficient with it um and also like how to not overlook anything um because these guys in the elite series like they find like everything there possibly is like they're already when you think you have things figured out they're already two steps ahead of you Mm -hmm. Um, nothing gets like overlooked or overturned by these guys and it's really easy to kind of overlook things like you're maybe you're in practice and like maybe in the moment your mind's like oh i just need to cover a bunch of water like see everything that i can instead of kind of like checking out things that i don't i feel like it's just kind of spending time on things but also making it efficient like don't just pass up a big section of the lake. Like, Oh, like that just looks bad. I'm just going to like next, I just um, next spot or next area of the lake. But it's like, no, like whatever, like might look bad to you. Like they like guys will just figure out every single section of the lake. And the first day of practice, it feels like all the guys already know, like the, like the spot, like, they already know the community holes or like they already know where things are going to go down for the tournament. And that's another thing is like, understanding like productive areas on a body of water and like learning those areas quick. And it's like very hard to do that when you've never been to that lake or that river before and just kind of breaking it down on the fly. And, yeah, yeah, and also, yeah. And then like, also, I feel, and I also learned a lot about like in practice, it's also just kind of about putting stuff in the back of your mind. Like you're running down the lake and you look and like, Oh, that Creek arm, there's a bank on that Creek arm and it's, like little things, like oh, it's noon, and that that bank has shade on it, or there's trees on that bank, and you're like, oh, I don't have any time to fish it and practice, but I'm gonna put that in the back of my head. So on the second day of the tournament, when it's noon and you only have two fish, you're like, oh, maybe I should just check that real quick or check that real quick, and you have all these kind of things in the back of your mind that you kind of just build upon and eventually come across the pattern, etc.
1: Yeah, I think that yeah. was a, like number one thing that, because I, I like for example on Pickwick. Like, I don't know if you felt the same way, Alex, but like when we dumped our boats in like the first two hours, I felt like the entire river or whatever was like graft already. I felt like everyone had graft every, um, whether it was a channel bend or any like community ledge spot, or maybe even a little bit off the wall ledge spot was already graft in like three hours. And I was like, wow, like first time on Pickwick kind of getting into summertime and like, you're basically thrown into the ring with the guys that have been out there for 15, 20 years fishing these ledges. And you're like, you got to start thinking outside the box. You can't just, um, you know, go in with them and start fishing the same stuff because I, they're probably going to, probably going to fish it better than you. And obviously they've been fishing that area for a longer period of time. And at, at the same time, you can't just like Alex said, you can't just start driving down the lake and skip a, a 15 mile section just because you don't think it looks good. Um, just because you don't think it looks good, doesn't mean the bass don't think it looks good. And that's probably the number one thing that I learned this year was don't, don't go over overlooked areas that don't look good because they can be really good. Yeah. What's up jig squad. Yes. And that's a good point, Alex,
0: about the, like, Hey, sometimes you don't have time to practice everything you want to practice, but sometimes you just have to be like, that looks pretty good. Like mental note. Cause I remember that tournament Mm -hmm. that we fished Jay and lacrosse, right. Uh, two years ago at divisional, like I had a battery issue and I like idled past this mat and looked at it in the water and it just looked right. Like it just, it was that clean water yeah, right. and there was like a lot of bait fish around there. I was like, man, if I, if I just need a spot to throw a frog in the tournament, I'm, I'm going to stop here. And I literally weighed like 10 of my 13 no fish way. off wow. that <laughs> and they were all like two and three quarter to almost four pounds that came out of that mat yeah. I never made a cast on it. You know, so like that to your point, Alex, like sometimes you just have to like trust your gut and be like, I don't have time to fish it, but that's a spot I can fish during the tournament. Yeah, for sure.
1: For sure. Uh, But then I feel like there's other times too where, (laughs) where you're on Pickwick Lake and we're fishing that same spot. And then we're like, I think we just need to milk this spot out the entire time. Cause I'm like, like, where are we going to find more fish? Like we looked for four days already. Like we've looked at stuff that's off the wall and it's like, do we just sit on the fish we know and try and make do with what we have? Or at the same time, do you just go for it and just leave it and try and find something, even though you think maybe you could cash a check on what you're sitting on. So there are times where it's like, uh, in certain tournaments where it's a little bit of a different situation and you just have to hope your decision-making is right. Yeah. Did you ever like think about like, all right, Jay, you stay here and
0: hold the spot. I'm going to go over <laughs> yeah. and look just to see in case they're over there. And I'll be back in like 10 minutes.
1: <laughs> I think we, we did that the first day when, um remember when we didn't find them right away, they were yeah. like gone.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There
1: was like the school that um it was just gone. Like the, in the morning, like we were looking for it, looking for it. And there was nothing there, nothing there. And like, we just both went our separate ways and started looking. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I think I just found it. And then I like looked behind and I waved him over. And then Alex whooped me up for like an hour and a half when we found the school, he caught like everyone out of it. I think I had one and I'm like, Oh dang. I was like, well, and then I, I caught,
2: I caught my, I think I once I caught my fifth one, I think I like slid away, or like ran somewhere. I don't know. But yeah. But that was just wild yeah, because then, it's like we know was, the suckers yeah. are down there. They just like weren't biting, and mm-hmm. when they they bite for like five minutes at a time, and only like two of them would bite, and you're like, "What the heck?
1: I'm just glad we're not going back there. We could talk about that tournament for days. So if anybody's interested.
0: Uh, jay's looking for an earplug sponsor for he's got a little he's got a little extra special <laughs> yeah, on the in the case there's
1: earplugs <laughs> or noise canceling headphones that want to sponsor uh for his software. i have story. a hard time sleeping with the earplugs and i don't know then I, i'm afraid like alex like what if alex sleeps in though and like all of a sudden we don't hear our alarms and then like next thing you know it's 8 30 and then we have to tell elisa the tournament director like i don't know what happened we're dumping in our boats, I guess.
2: I, yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, I had to tell Lisa, like, hey, I couldn't hear my alarm. Like, Alex <laughs> was snoring, which just too loud. I, I just didn't hear my alarm go off.
1: I just got these new earplugs and I didn't know if I should use them.
0: <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> so, there you go. That, that's the answer. You need noise canceling headphones you can sleep in because then you can hook, you can Bluetooth them to your phone. Mm. They cancel out Alex, and then the alarm comes on right in your ears. That's that's the answer.
1: That's a good answer. I have to think about that. It's not that bad, okay? Like, yeah, I I I probably snored a few times, but I just I just had to spice up the conversation a little bit.
0: It's no fun without controversy. Feel free to make something up about Jay, and you can just share at any
2: point. Yeah, you haven't hit me,
1: honey. Yeah. <laughs> you got to start uh, telling me about all my. I
2: have to think. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. So I'll say to you guys. Obviously, you guys got along pretty well. Was there anybody else that you roomed with along the way, or guys that were maybe not in your inner circle, but you guys kind of bumped into and bounced ideas off, or talked with, or that maybe. Kind of were a little bit of that mentor, maybe at a distance that you talked about, Alex?
2: Yeah, so, like, going into the, like, once I qualified, like, I, the only person, I only knew, like, a few people, really, like, uh, Mike Huff was one of them, just because uh, I fished, I stayed at um, his house or on Cherokee, like, I stayed at his house for an open one year, so, like, I kind of knew him a little bit, like, he's an awesome guy, and, like, after I qualified, I kind of, like, leaned on him a little bit, just kind of for, like Wisdom, um, things like that. And then, so Mike stays with uh, Skylar Hamilton. So, like, we were around them at the St. John's, and we were around them at um, Lake Fork. Um, and then, yeah, like, pretty much everyone we've met has been, like, pretty cool. Like, one of the events we stayed with was um, at Chicken Mongo, We stayed with Caleb Kufal. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I really like Justin Atkins. Uh, he's just a super nice guy and super kind of just, like, down home good guy and that's who I kind of like like to be around a lot and we haven't stayed with him but I just he's a good guy is what I'm getting at um, but we've still, we've been around a handful of other people but for the most part everyone we've met has been cool and like going back to February at the St. John's last year it was just super surreal like just looking around and you see these guys that you've admired your whole life read in magazines watched on tv and here you are like trying to catch fish against them um Mm -hmm. and so it was like pretty surreal kind of eye-opening and kind of reality check and then as the season went on you like you catch a few fish throughout the season and you have like some success and you're kind of have like that you kind of have confidence you're like oh like like i can hang with these guys to some extent like not all the time but you're like oh like all (laughs) these guys are just all these guys are just like me like they all just they're here because they love bass fishing like Their background and where they live and their lifestyle might look a little bit different than mine, but we're all here for the same reason, just because we absolutely love the outdoors and we love chasing bass. Yeah. When you, when you
0: first pull up, they all look like they have it together, right? you yeah. you're from afar, you're looking at them and you're like, "Oh man, they know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly how to get ready for this tournament. They're, they they've been here before, and then, as you go through the season, you realize they're all lost as the rest of us <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> yeah.
2: they all they all say they're lost, and then you come into the oh yeah, and they're not That's, lost at all.
1: That is the number one the number one thing you go and talk to like any elite series Anger that we and Alex have learned. they're like oh like what do you think it'll take for like the cut weight or like what do you think it's going to take per day for two days to to get a check and like whatever anyone says it's always like two or three pounds added on to that every single time and it's like anyone you talk to she's like can't you just tell me the truth like what you're actually catching now they won't
2: (laughs) and and it was also like when i was doing the open so i did the opens in 2020 and 2021 like the opens are hard because there's 200 something guys at each of the tournaments and people are there for practicing for a super long time. And after I qualified, I was like, Oh, like in reality, the opens should be harder than the elites because, um, I <laughs> um, and like, you think that the opens are harder than the elites because there's more guys are practicing longer and the bodies of water are sometimes more difficult. So once I qualified, I was like, Oh, I got the hard part out of the way. Like now it's just me and 90 something other guys. And we're on like some really good venues, some really good lakes. Um, and all like, Oh, all you got to do is come in the top half of the field and like, you'll get the fish day three and get a, get a decent check. And then it's like, no, like it's <laughs> like, I like, yeah. I, I feel like I've said it like multiple times. The elites are probably three times harder than the opens. And I thought the opens were going to be three times harder than the elites. And, like the elites are just like a huge awakening to like your fishing ability and your mental state and everything.
1: Yeah. I feel like it's that way just cause you have to have, you have to have three days of fish for sure. Not, not even to finish below 40, you know, below 45th place. Cause if you don't catch anything the third day, you're going to end up, you know, right on the cut line, whatever, 40, whatever is place. So you have to have three days of fish versus two days of fish. And then on top of that, if you do make the top 10, um, then you got to have four, which I only did that one time. So I don't even know what it's like to do that, you know, multiple times. I mean, who knows? Just that one time. No big deal. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, who knows if it'll happen again? You never know. (laughs) Nice. Uh... There was a question up farther, I think something you want to chad chimed in how long does That's it take fun. typically yep. <clears throat> to narrow down the bait selection you plan to lean on when you're on new bodies of water i don't know alex you can start with that one uh, <laughs> here's the
0: question i wanted to talk go ahead take it Alex. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um
1: no we'll, we'll both give our
2: uh, I feel like because going into tournaments, we do like research as much as we can, at least like just public whatever public information we can find. Um, so I feel like we kind of have an idea and of like kind of what either goes on at a lake, what what kind of just kind of like in past years, what like the typical pattern has be has been. Um, but I feel like I like obviously we try to keep it as simple as possible. Um, just simple and basic and whatever we have the most confidence in that works best for us because there's so many baits out there nowadays where like like fish are gonna i don't know there's so much stuff out there and it's super easy to get overwhelmed like with like oh i'm practicing for a tournament i haven't caught in a fish in 30 minutes like maybe i need to like why why the heck am i throwing this like Mm -hmm. i need to have this tied on um like 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 I said, like every fish out, like majority of the fish in the country, like they're gonna bite a stick bait, a jig, or like just your basic stuff. And um, I, don't know, I just try to keep it as simple as possible. And like going into practice, I start out with just the stuff that I have the most confidence in. Like there's like three or four, five things that I like. I feel like they're always staples in my fishing career and are kind of like always tied on. What are um, those? <laughs> well you see uh there's um
1: he's got some secrets you know what yeah
2: one? yeah i'll tell you guys so like the first one is Yeah, yeah yeah <laughs> you guys hear that one uh is my computer yeah. acting up or something what the heck um They're hilarious <laughs> um, yeah kind of yeah. <laughs> no, it's just confidence stuff. Like, you just, like, stick baits so, are always going to catch fish and shake your Yeah, heads. I
0: think what you're saying is, like, you you do the research on what's supposed to work, but you also, a lot of times, are leaning on what you have confidence in. Like, mm-hmm. when you're narrowing it down, push comes to shove, I would assume a lot of times you're falling back on the things that got you there. Is that a fair assessment? Or
2: Yeah, yeah. Like, there's stuff that are kind of like, like, I grew up in Ohio, and, like, if anyone knows about Ohio like it's not the best place to fish unless like you have like Lake Erie um, which is like north of me a ways but like Ohio is like not very good fishing uh, so it's a lot of like shaky heads and like finesse tactics and stuff like that so it's like that's what I have confidence in um, but it's also like it's also like the first day of practice I feel like you just learn so many clues and it's like it's almost like the first day of practice is like a big deal because like you want to get off on the right foot like you want to start figuring out the right patterns the right baits um, and you just kind of take it from there but yeah narrowing i try to narrow it down as much as possible it's super easy to go to a lake you haven't been to before and i'll be in my garage before a tournament and it's like oh like i need to bring three of these three of these ten of these just because i have no idea what i'm in for and then you kind of sit back and you're like dude like my boat's literally full of stuff like i can't bring all this like i just need to lower it down and fish typical confidence basic stuff and don't go all out with it
1: yeah i would say the same thing i mean i feel like probably excluding like the saint lawrence and when we went down south i felt like i was using i feel like i took the same bait to at least four or five bodies of water and cast a check on like the same three baits Like five tournaments in a row, and I just felt I just felt like so comfortable because I had the same rod and reel in my hand, I had the same line, I had the same bait, and we literally just drove to a new body water, and I was like, okay, I can use you know I flip a Texas rigger a lot, I flip a jig a lot, you know I throw a senko whatever, I like to throw a chatterbait or a spinnerbait, and I just felt like you you can do that pretty much anywhere, you know, down south, depending on time of the year and other things like that, but. Um, when you put the same rod and reel that you've caught so many fish on, and the same bait, and you know exactly what that bait's doing anytime you, you throw it out there, where it is in the water column, or you know, what size weight you use, um, using the same baits really does, um, contest to more success, I feel like, when you're on new bodies of water.
0: Yeah. So, what are like the two rods, no matter where you're going to go, like you're always going to have them on the deck because you like have confidence that, like, if i need to just cover water what what are two rods Mm. i'll have a
1: seven foot medium heavy bait caster yeah i guess when i say rods i mean like setups like what's the bait is it like a chatter bait is it a spinner bait or like i'll have i'll have a 3a sounds flipping jig on my rod every day um and except for if i'm fishing the saint lawrence or wherever that's a different story but I'll have a three ace on flipping jig on, and then I'll have some kind of moving bait on. I'll either have a chatter bait, a thunder cricket, or um, a spinner bait, some kind of spinner bait, or even a swim bait too. Anything that matches whatever I'm doing or whatever. If I'm fishing for spotted bass, probably a swim bait or something a little bit different. But either some kind of bottom bait and a moving bait are two rods that I'll have on my deck.
2: Yeah, I feel like mine are one rod would either have a chatter bait or a jerk bait on it. And then the other rod would most likely have a tube. I feel like I flip a lot or pitch a lot or even cast a tube a lot. Um, that's like, what? Well, that's, those are the two things that I feel like I'd always have on my deck because jerk bait, bait, you can cover water with, and then a tube you can throw at whatever you want, whether it's trees, rocks, whatever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I guess kind of, there's two questions here that kind of go, like Greg says, do you guys do a lot of research ahead of time? So kind of touch on that. And then also like, how do you navigate new places like Santee that are dangerous? So like talk about your research (laughs) and how does that affect, like, is it different based on the fishery and like, how do you guys, you know, fork Santee uh, Sabine, like, how do you guys treat those places differently maybe when you do research?
1: Yeah. So it's all, I feel like it's all depends on time of the year, where we're going to look and do our research. So, um, I'm a big Google Earth guy, Google Earth Pro. Um, And then there's a little bit of a trick you can do to it, too. You can look at, like, Apple Maps. It's a little bit of a different map. It kind of looks different or it's a little bit different coloring. But if you're going to go that route, um, maybe just try and find, you know, places that look good in the spring, you know, like little back pockets. Like when we went to Santee, um, because we knew that time of the year the fish were going to be pulling up shallow. And uh, you could at least see those areas on Google Earth rather than, you know, looking at an avionics or something like that. So that's a lot of the research I put into it. You, you try and not do too much because you don't want to get yourself completely spun out. You don't want to have 35 areas marked on Google Earth because you're not going to hit 35 areas in one day. And the next thing you know, if say if only two of those areas are good and the other ones you mark don't even look anything like it. Um, you're kind of starting from scratch at that point anyways. So um, Alex can maybe talk a little bit about his research and how Santee was getting around out there because that was pretty wild. Yeah, that was very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Then like
2: there hasn't been like there's been a handful of tournaments there throughout the years. But like when the elites were there, when was it a few years ago? They were there in the fall. So it's like it's very yeah. hard to compare that compared to when we were there in the springtime. Yeah, I feel like I do a lot of I do Google Maps as much as I can, but and um, satellite images. Then you can also like go back in time on certain like I I forget which if it's like Google Earth or something, but uh, certain bodies of water where the lake will like either have like a winter drawdown or it'll come up. You can like go back in time like a couple years or several years and see when the water was low, so you can like kind of it shows a lot more of like things that might be on the bottom and stuff like that. Um, I feel like I used to do, like, the go- or the YouTube video things a lot. Like, I used to, like, look up as much YouTube videos as I could. Um, but then I, like, kind of realized that it just doesn't help me a whole lot um, just because I feel like it almost gives you too much, kind of almost, like, too much knowledge or too much um, kind of things running through your head because next thing, like, next thing you know, you find yourself, like, oh, I watched this YouTube video and I saw this guy fishing this bank. Like, now I'm going to go on Google Earth and just try to find this bank because three years ago on youtube this guy caught a fish off of it and i feel like it kind of messes at least it has like kind of like messed with my mind and kind of like messed with me a little bit so i try to like not do youtube videos and like try to like not watching videos of other people fishing on the lake because like they fish differently than you like times have changed and just because they caught a fish off of a couple fish off of this one bank or this one grass bank three years ago um just it's not gonna like it doesn't work like that um yeah then, then lake fork that was
1: that was a mess as Fancy. well oh yeah well, both yeah i'd say fork, fork was worse yeah i feel like most people's wraps were just absolutely destroyed after that yeah
2: or the thing with like lake fork because there's that chip that uh, we you can like put in chips to your um mm-hmm. units and it will show like boat lanes and where it's like actually like somewhat like guaranteed safe not all the time but like it's somewhat like safer but sanity like dude like you just kind of have to eyeball <laughs> everything like i was talking to somebody um during the tournament sanity. the sanity is now
1: yeah okay <laughs> <see. Austin>. Sa- <laughs> sage right.
0: advice for austin felix the mentor helping out everybody yeah right
1: yeah. Miss what you can't um, see huh? i
2: remember i remember listening to somebody like trying to give me directions on just like because like uh, I think it was another angler was trying to give me directions on like how to get from one place to another. And it's like, yeah, you go across the lake on on one way. There's only one place you can go across the lake. And once you get there, hard left and then you'll see like some this like island of these trees these cypress trees take a hard right and when you're about 300 yards from them cypress trees take a 90 degree left and you'll go <laughs> shoot the back side of this island and you'll see these two trees in the middle make sure you stay on the left side of them because the right side you're done for and then you go around and then you go about a quarter of a mile take another hard right and then eventually you'll shoot out and uh, it's just the mess um oh, easy I to remember
0: miss- when it's three footers and you're trying to drive 70 miles an yeah. hour and there's a light sprinkle of
2: rain and (laughs) yeah. And then there's other people. No, go ahead. (laughs) Sorry. There's other people that it's like they don't care about that. They just they just go. You just trim up and don't look back. But that's not that's not me.
0: The Tommy Biffle. If you can't see
1: it it's not there. (laughs) Yeah. I have a good Santee story when it was so rough. Was that the second day or the third day when it was so rough? I think it was that was the third day, wasn't it? Yeah. The third day got postponed, I thought. Oh, yeah, that's right. We had that whole whatever. But anyways, it was one of the days and I decided I was going to take the shortcut because I was running to the lower lake. And uh, this is my first time running the shortcut. So I was following. I think it was Steve Kennedy at the time because he had been running down there, too. And so I get behind all these crazy islands and Steve's going. I mean, he's going like he's going crazy. He's going through all these islands. I'm right on his tail. And then it got to a certain point where we got to a straightaway. And I'm like, okay, I know this. Um, I know the straightaway, it leads right to the channel that runs down to the lower lake. So I'm like, I'm just going to, cause Steve was kind of, he was putting a little bit. So I'm like, I'm just going to take off and run past him, And then, you know, get down there and get to the Sloan Lake. So I, I go past them, whatever I'm going. And next thing I know, I'm like, God, I felt like I should have got to that channel already. And it had, it was kind of a little bit foggy that morning. And my map was, or my graph was kind of had a bunch of dew on it. And I wasn't really paying paying much attention to my, my GPS at the time. And I was like, wow, I was like, something does not look right here. And, and as soon as I hit, or as soon as I like that flew into my head, I had just flew, flew past the canal, like aiming straight at this ginormous rock bar that runs straight across the canal. I'm like, oh my! And like, I had to like fly off the throttle, and Steve was just laughing at me the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I came, I came so close to that rock pile. I can't believe I did not hit it, but I didn't. And uh, yeah, that that was kind of a crazy situation. <laughs> Should have just been following Steve. Wait till Seminole and Spring Creek. Oh great, can't wait. Yeah.
2: We'll just follow Austin, I people. guess.
1: So, yeah. Just follow the plaid pants; it will be fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm gonna follow Steve next time, though. <laughs> Steve knows where he's going. Uh,
0: yeah. So speaking of 2023, um, have you guys got any events you're super stoked for? Like besides the Saint Lawrence? <laughs> um,
2: I'm I'm kind of looking yeah, forward. So. I'm. I'm kind of looking forward to all of them. Honestly, like, I feel like if you ask most of the anglers for next year, like they're looking forward to mostly all of them just because they're great venues. And I feel like the Mm -hmm. biggest, biggest kind of like eyeball or oddball, at least for me, it might be like Sabine, just because it's kind of, it's very hard to find like information on that one. Um, at least, like, where do bass live? Because, like, I know like parts of it are like salt water. Yeah, I feel like you know, Alex.
0: That should be very at home for you, a very Ohio yeah, river, that's like, like Ohio squeaking Ohio. out thirteen inches. That should be your wheelhouse, bud. Yeah,
2: like, <laughs> yeah, but like we're in Texas, so, like we're not.
1: in well,
0: you Ohio. just get all those little worms and little crankbaits and catch thirteen yeah. inches; it will be just fine.
2: Yeah, um, like that's kind of just because it's very hard to like kind of get information about it. And, It's, like, a little bit intimidating just because, yeah, it's a new place, kind of off the wall. Um, But for the most part, like, I'm looking forward to a lot of them. Like, the closest one to me this year is um, St. Clair, um, which I'm excited for. Um, But, yeah, all the venues kind of, like, line up great. I feel like, like, we're going to Sanatia at, like, a slightly different time of year. Um, Lay Lake will be fun. I mean, Jay's been there before. Like, we were both there at the same time uh, for that open. Granted, it was December. But I just liked how like it's a river system, like it's fun. Now they're spotted bass, which are fun. Um and then yeah, I feel like we have a decent smallmouth like kind of trip this year. Like I feel like we go to literally like the three best smallmouth fisheries like in the country, like Mm -hmm. like between St. Clair, St. Lawrence, and Lake Champlain, like they're the most they're like, I feel like they're the hottest right now, which will be super exciting to kind of open up the door and just see what everybody's gonna do and show off a bunch of smallmouth um yeah they're all they all set up pretty good they're at great times of year
1: yeah i think i'd have to say my two favorites are murray in the spring like murray um i like clear water i like to sight fish and do things like that i feel like that'll be just a really fun fish catching tournament i'm excited to explore that lake a little bit more. We actually, we got to fish it for a day or two um, this year when we were headed down to Santee. It was either before or after the Classic we went there. But, uh, and then the other one I'm really excited for is Champlain. Just because I've never been there, but, like, everyone that says, like, what's your favorite body of water? Everybody that says it's Lake Champlain, that's not from there. And I'm just, like, curious and excited to get there. And apparently it's just a smash fish, and you can catch I don't know. Alex was there one time and he said he caught a bunch of three pounders. And it just sounds like the place is just absolutely loaded with bass.
2: Yeah. It's like, it's really like everywhere you go on that lake, like you can catch some sort of fish, whether it's right. largemouth or smallmouth. And, and they just actually act like smallmouth there.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. They're not stubborn. And...
0: and it feels a little bit like home. Like, you're going to look at the water and say, this feels yeah, like right. Wisconsin yeah. and Minnesota. Like, like it's not going to feel weird to you. It's, you know, mm-hmm. a big natural lake like we have up.
1: A... Yeah, we have a lot of lakes that there's not a ton of structure in, and the fish suspend and chase Cisco's and do a lot of that. I feel like Champlain is similar to a lake like that.
0: So did you guys get a chance to
2: share a boat at all?
0: last year like fun fishing between tournaments or (laughs) a couple times yeah
2: Yeah. where we did we did it at uh before st john's we spent like before like practice at st john's we spent a day on like some little lake and um Florida, that terrible, yeah. but we didn't that really like, know each other. Yeah. We, didn't, we <laughs> yeah. didn't really know each other, so like I was kind like, of no, like, I was like? Does this lake suck?
0: Do we both suck? Yeah. He <laughs> did suck? We suck? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> We're, not like, like, fish. Yeah. We're both like bomb did, in Florida. Like, you
2: know, like I didn't really know like how to act around them or anything. Like I was kind of like nervous. Um we didn't, where else? We did that. Yeah, we did that. Um, Murray, I think we went out for a day and just like mm-hmm. did some bed, some, did some bed fishing. That was fun. Um, We'd, at Lake Fork, after the event, when we both didn't do very good, we decided to go back out again and spend, like, a half a day and just trying to, like, realize, like, what we did yeah. wrong. Um, then on Gunnersville when we went there before Pickwick, and we were just – Oh, yeah. We, 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 we <laughs> all right. Here's the story. Um, so we found like we were there for, I think we were there for like three or four days or something. And we were kind of just like smoking them or like we were just catching a lot of freaking fish and a lot of like big fish, um, for like a couple days straight. Cause just cause I feel like we were finding a lot of schools, um, and we were just absolutely leaning on them. Um, and then like one day I was like, man, like I wonder if there's any like little weeknighters going on like it was like Wednesday night like I wonder if there's any tournaments like as we're out on the water fishing like I'm like on my phone like trying to find this like a little like jackpot tournament and we end up like finding a little wildcat tournament and we're like oh like we gotta do that it's only like 60 bucks like we're catching a bunch of fish like why not um and it was but we kind of like what crossed our mind was like oh like we've kind of been catching a lot of fish like you think we've kind of like beat up these fish because we've been catching them for the last like two or three days and it's like oh no like we'll just go and hop in the tournament so we like we put in our 60 dollars and we like we didn't do very good in the wildcat or we got like second place they only paid first no we lost
1: by like two ounces or something yeah and it's but we caught i don't know what happened yeah we caught so many like the fish that we didn't want that we we like left for that we didn't catch for the last 3 days that was fun though we caught a lot of fish but we didn't win the uh the Wednesday night or the Gunnersville Hammers got us yeah the Wildcat. yeah but so
2: that was our first tournament our first and only tournament yeah ever. that was our first, first.
1: yeah i
2: felt like the yeah. mojo was good i felt like the, the mojo was was all right
1: we could we could be team partners i think yeah yeah on the ohio river yeah ohio river yeah
0: or maybe the sturgeon bay open if you ever like need a sub right like maybe
2: you can call it yeah Yeah. uh He probably has a whole line of like northern minnesota i'm like down here and he's got like all these names like until he gets to me (laughs) yeah all right
0: there's been a few questions about that this is the last question about uh 2023 then we'll maybe like Tee up some questions about smallmouth in the chat that you guys want to know. But, like, so looking ahead, obviously, Jay, you had an amazing year last year, one rookie of the year, top 10 AOI points. Uh, Alex, you came on really strong. I think you knocked out three checks and, you know, kind of turned things around, which would I mean uh, at the trajectory you're going, it wouldn't have been good. But I think you felt good, you know, when we were talking in lacrosse that, like, hey, finish the year strong. So you guys both got some momentum. But, like, what's going to make a successful year for you in 2023?
2: You want me to go first? Yeah, we'll start yeah. with the little. We'll start with the little man, then we'll go with the, <laughs> the big dog. Um, my goals is like obviously with just to be Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, like I feel like every we, have, we every have a little bit of a competition going. I feel yeah, like no, we don't have to talk about it. but We can talk about no, it. no, 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 not like that. Oh, um, but. Like obviously, every angler's goal is to make the classic. Um, like this year, I was faced with like a lot of, a lot of like nerves, a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of lows, few highs, more lows than highs. Um, and like throughout the middle part of the season, I felt like I was just like kind of battling like a lot of doubt and like just because I was just wasn't seeing the, the tournament finishes that I wanted to. And then at the end of the year, I kind of like had some momentum. So hopefully, I can bring that in the next year. Uh, but like my goal is definitely the classic for next year. Um, and my goal is to make a top 10. Um, I don't know where it would be, but like, I I really want to make a top 10 and, um, just kind of like build like a more, like kind of like make myself like a more like credible name in the fishing industry. I feel like I'm at the bottom of the totem pole, um, kind of just because I'm new. Um, but it's kind of just make myself a household name. And yeah, so top 10 in the classic is my, my goal not a top 10 and the classic or top 10 top in 10. the classic in oh, yeah, the classic good. would be cool too. But yeah, a top 10 in the season and then qualify for the classic. And then me and Jay have read this, this little thing that, so like last year um, throughout the season at all nine events, Jay always placed ahead of me. Like I never, like in any of the events I never beat like Jay, like even when we both didn't cash a check, like, I would be in, like, 70th place. Jay would be in, like, 60th place. Like, he was still above me. And, like, even lacrosse, he was, like, a few places above me. So, my goal is to, like, beat Jay in a few, like, tournaments next year. Like, we came Watch, close. It'll be,
1: it'll be completely flip-flopped. You'll have all nine. And then I'll be, like, ten spots behind you every tournament. That's sure. <laughs> Beach. Nice. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: So, I guess before before you get into your goals, uh, Jay, Serious question, like, was that more, did that feel like more, like, frustration, or did it turn into more motivation at some point?
2: Not beating, like, losing to Jay? Like, just, like,
0: watching Jay's success, does that, like, motivate you and give you, like, inspiration, or, like, saying like, "I I fish with, you know, we hang out, we do things similar, I know it's just, like, it's small things, and I can, like, do and be on that level or was it like man i can't believe like it's frustrating i, I can't get above that hurdle
2: how do you uh, felt, look at that it felt, it felt like i like couldn't get above that hurdle like 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 obviously it was awesome to like watch him have success um and like i don't think i was ever mad at jay like like a few times i kind of questioned like how much is this guy like holding out on me like he's freaking <laughs> like he's cashing and doing good but it's like it wasn't that he was holding out, it was just, like, he was actually, like, because we were both pretty open in practice about things, and, like, it just wasn't a lot of events, believe it or not, like, for Jay and I, or, like, he was, like, practice was not good, but then, like, Jay, like, somehow figured it out in the tournament, and I feel like that's just, like, a lot of natural raw talent that he was able to do, Um, and, like, St. Lawrence, for me, was, like, my kind of, like, breakthrough or like throughout like uh, before that event i I made a couple like i never made a cut but i made a couple like small little uh small smaller checks um but saint lawrence for me was kind of the the breakthrough like okay like i'm comfortable like i finally made a cut like i came in like 20 something's place um so i was like oh i feel good and then watching jay do what he did at the saint lawrence it was just like super surreal and super like just eye-opening and then we went to the next event at Oahu, and like we both made the cut there. Um, and then, then I kind of reflected back towards Jay's win at the Saint Lawrence, and like watching that unfold, it just kind of like makes you think, like it, it kind of makes the fire like burn a little bit, a little bit right. hotter. It's like, oh, like I want this now. Like, like it's like it's it's doable now. Like watching Jay do it, or or like having success, or and it's like, oh, like. Um like in reality, like I'm close, like maybe not in reality, but it's like you see the potential there for, for you to have four great days of tournament fishing and um, to come out on top. So it for sure lit a fire under me and it, it just, it made me want it even more. Maybe want to have success more. All
1: right. So Jay, what's your successful 2023? honestly if I could do a quarter of what I did this year I would be happy um, with my 2023 but my ultimate goals for next year are to make the classic again um, I just feel like I feel like if you don't make it I just I don't know people might look at you a little bit differently I mean not anything against the guys that don't make it but it's just like at our level if you make it um, you feel like you you put yourself ahead of the game for the following season it just gives you like more confidence. And then on top of that, obviously um, I've never experienced the classic, so I don't know what it's going to be like or anything like that, but I've been to them. I haven't been in them, so I know how crazy it is and things like that. So that's my number one goal. And then um, for a secondary goal, I would just like to qualify or not qualify, but be in the top 10 again for AOI points um, would be another goal for me just to stay consistent. I don't want to be the guy that you know, falls into the bottom, uh, 70 or 80 and AOI points, um, for next year and go from that extreme high to that extreme low. Um, maybe just try and keep that, keep the low finishes, you know, as high as I can get them. And, uh, hopefully by the end of the year, I'm somewhere near the top or hopefully at least in the classic, those are my, my goals for the year and, um, nothing crazy. I don't want to go, go too off the wire after this year I had, but, um, I just definitely just want to. I just want to stay consistent and um, hopefully, my learn a few things throughout the year. And even if I do have a couple of bad finishes, hopefully, I have a couple of bounce back tournaments. And uh, that's all I ask for for next year.
0: Seems realistic. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, yeah, if you're gonna be in it for the long haul, right? You need to make classics most of your mm-hmm. years. And on the years you don't make the classic, you better like. Win one every now and then, you know what I mean. Otherwise, like, dude, <laughs> yeah. that's that's how you no. stay relevant in this sport. I mean, not that that's easy, right? But like, no, you're not. If, if you won though, one yeah. and finished 50th in points, you'd still call that a successful season, right? So a win can make up for a lot. If you, I mean, not that that's easy, but yeah. Um,
1: and like, cool. let's be honest, Alex. When we first started fishing this year, I felt like neither of us. Like I felt like neither of us. I didn't feel like I had a chance to win. Did you? Like when we first started, no, no, no. But yeah. now, like going into this next season, it's like I feel like one of us could win. Like I feel like he could win Saint Clair. Somebody
2: has to. I don't know. Yeah,
0: right. So speaking of Saint Clair, Alex, you fish Saint Clair a little bit, right?
2: Yeah, I oh, enjoy yeah. fishing Saint Clair. Yeah. Do
0: you Do you it's, feel like it has the chance to challenge the the Smalley record when you're fishing it, or not at that time of year?
2: It definitely does. Like the last couple of years, we've seen like tournaments up there that have like taken more and more. Um, and the time of year that like we're going there is like a very good time of year. Like the fish will like the, the smallmouth are going to be doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, they're going to be acting like smallmouth. They're going to be grouped up like smallmouth. Um, but yeah, like the last couple of years, like it used to be like a like a BFL or like a hundred boat tournament up there. Like it'd take like like a handful of years ago it would be like 22 23 pounds would like kind of separate yourself and if you had like 19 or 20, you would like you'd be like get a good like get paid decent or whatever. but like the last couple of years like it's been like 21 pounds like barely gets you a pat on the back. like it's like oh like you get like the last check. um and it's like you're seeing a lot of like consistently like 26 mid 26 like 27 pounds in these one day tournaments. Um, and I feel like it definitely does. I mean, obviously weather's depends on that. Um, and it should be able to fish like, Canada, right? Like that should yeah, be. Can't, yeah. 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 Everyone will be able to fish the whole lake. People can eat or either are also able to go all the way down to Erie if they wanted to, like there's massive fish in Erie. Um, then you put a hundred of the best guys and best bass fishermen out there and like, they're going to figure it out. And yeah, it definitely does. Like you're going to see. If it doesn't take a hundred, it's going to take ninety something. Like guaranteed, yeah. it's going to take I ninety mean, something.
0: You look at the AOI tournament that fighter won. Like he was yeah. going to blow the doors off a hundred mm. if they fished a fourth day. Like yeah. I mean, yeah. he you know he had it that wrapped up and he was inviting Gussie and Johnson and like I mean like he and he just laid off them the last day and still had what three for eighty pounds for three days or something like that. Like he was yeah, on, a on like <clears throat> pretty crazy. Rich believes in you. Made the first yeah, red one of the day, so that's good. Um, <laughs> that's his theme song. Yeah, red, red All red. right, so here's our Smalley question: Do either of you guys play with like larger baits or multi joint swim baits or crankdowns or anything at all, or are you guys like just like the basic like? Yeah, I'm a that, uh,
1: like that kind of stuff. Or are you have you played with the big baits for Smalleys? No, I'm a traditional guy. I like. Like small baits, super clear water, drop shots. Um, I don't, yeah, I just don't, I don't feel like I'm, I don't know. I don't feel like I'm as confident using those baits. And I don't feel like the fish, like in a tournament situation, it's a little bit harder to have that confidence fishing a bait like that when I could just pull out a drop shot. And I know that that fish is either going to look at it or he's, probably going to bite it like within the first five seconds so it's kind of the tale of two things there i don't know alex you can talk about that but i don't
2: i feel like i i do i don't know if they'd be like at, at the top of like my list but like i definitely do like obviously like i've thrown like four or five inch swim baits for small um spinner baits certain times a year are good for smallmouth um and like heck, if we look at the St. Lawrence River. I think Chris Saldane was catching the big smallmouth, burning a big old chatter bit or some sort of chatter bait. Um, and that, that's clear waters um, and catching big smallmouth. Um, and like heck, of Oahu, believe it or not, um, I was catching smallmouth on like a bigger sized um, Berkeley jaywalker, which is like a walking the dog style bait um and i was catching smallmouth on that and it's like a big old like what it, five or six inch topwater bait mm-hmm. um yeah but i but i feel like but like the, obviously the most reliable thing is like a Ned rig or a drop shot and it's a lot more predictable with those smaller baits like your hookup ratio like you're just dealing with a Kind of smaller, sharper hook that once you kind of got them pinned in the mouth, like it's a little bit more reliable, and to get them in the boat compared. To if you had like a big swim bait hook or a big crank bait treble hooks or whatever it may be, and but yeah, day in and day out, it's a drop shot Ned rig and finesse style stuff. Yeah, Were you, you, you get any
0: smallies on
1: that big sexy dog at Lacrosse, Jay? I yeah, well I caught like. I don't know, probably five or six that were like 19 inches long. And I put them on the scale, like 2.1, 2.38, 2.25. And I'm like, come on. Like every time they would just go wild on it. And I'm like, oh, this is a big one. And then like get it up and I just put it on the bottom of the floor and you could like see through it. And I'm like, what is going on here? Yeah, that's the
0: one place that like I feel like a big top otter is the one thing I do have confidence in for smallies, like yeah. a full size vixen or a, that type of thing. Like I I don't think twice about throwing that style of big bait. But yeah, for as far as like glide baits or things like that, I yeah. <clears throat> There's one time on Escanaba where in practice I was throwing a big line through and they were eating it in practice, and then in the tournament all they would do is follow it, and I didn't make any uh-huh. adjustments back. To, like it was uh-huh. like probably should have thrown a jerk bait or something else. At, but yeah, I was right. just like, Oh my God, he's the following. He's getting eaten. And then I was just like, all of a sudden, four hours later and I have like one fish in the boat and I'm like, what have you been doing? <laughs> nice. Um, so what's, uh, uh. I guess maybe you guys like drop shot, obviously both of you guys lean on drop shot a lot. What's your, uh, maybe both of you break down your, uh, your, your smallmouth drop shot setup rod reel fluoro braid the whole like just walk us through like that that's some, some good nuggets that everybody can always take a little bit from like and be interested to see how yeah. you're the same or like different or where do you guys yeah i mean i feel
1: like everybody knows it i know now, jay a you like a,
0: like a shorter rod i think so that'll be yeah so
1: ride. There's like a couple of things that I like on a drop shot. So the one I was using on the St. Lawrence, when I, when I have no team partner or no net or anything like that, I use a six ten drop shot rod instead of like a seven footer or anything longer. Um, the reason for that is just when you get them to the side of the boat, like I'm not like a super tall guy or I don't have these giant long arms. So it's a little bit easier to keep the rod um, closer to my body so I can bring the small mouth in a little bit easier And honestly, the couple extra inches really doesn't do you a whole lot um, overall, rather than just um, fighting it on the side of the boat. I mean, maybe for casting distance and things, but when you actually using a drop shot with a heavier weight on it, it doesn't doesn't really do much there. And then uh, for a line size, 10 pound braid to eight pound leader is like my standard. Um, I'll go to six at times, but I rarely, rarely go to six. It just makes me a little bit. It makes me pretty nervous, especially when you're dealing with fish over four pounds. And if you have like currents or anything like that, it's just not ideal. And then um, I always use a number two drop shot hook. I like to nose hook if I can, if there's no nothing crazy, no weeds or anything. Um, The G finesse Gamagatsu drop shot hook is the one I always use. And then for my weight, when I'm not in a tournament, I'll use a tie on weight, which basically has just the normal round eye. So the weight doesn't fly off, but in a tournament I'll actually uh, I'll use a, like a crimp on weight. So with eight pound line, when a five pound smallmouth comes up and jumps, he throws that weight off. So then when you're fighting that fish, bringing it to the boat, all you have is you and the smallmouth and that number two hook. That's the only thing there's no resistance pulling against that hook. While you're bringing that fish in yeah it's obviously losing tungstens or whatever on a drop shot weight is a little bit expensive but um in a tournament situation that's what i like to do just because i feel like it gives me a little bit better odds and uh another thing i like to do is i like to use lighter drop shot weights just so um the small mouth can hit it on the fall um i think there was multiple times at the saint lawrence so well, i know there was multiple times at the saint lawrence where I caught a fish on the fall. Um, you know, I'd watch him hit it on the fall, or I'd watch my line, and next thing you know, it would go slack. And I was only about halfway down the water column and 20 feet of water. So, uh, those are probably the main things I'll do with a drop shot. Um, bait wise, I like to keep it pretty simple. Um, anything green pumpkin. Um, personal favorite strike striking half shell. And I really don't do anything super special with it, I just keep it moving. And, uh, if the fish goes down and looks at, looks at it, everyone knows that everyone has live scope nowadays. If he goes down and looks at it and he's, he doesn't bite it within the first, I'd say 10 to 20, 10 to 15 seconds, your odds are better to just reel it in and cast at a new fish. Um, especially nowadays, those fish have been casted at so many times and he's either really going to bite it in the first 10 or he's not. And, uh, yeah, those are my, my tips on a drop shot. Yeah. So I guess a couple follow-ups, how long a leader connection knot and what size reel do you like so leader wise um are you talking the entire leader into the reel or just the weight to hook
0: yeah i'm talking uh yeah like like how long of your floral to your braid like is it like a short okay i'll run that
1: all the way into my reel usually um it's pretty long so like when i get that fish up to the side of the boat i want the floral like inside my spool so it's not in my guides if it takes a run or anything like that um, so I guess that's usually whatever the math is on that. Right, like it's usually 12 feet. plus, yeah, yeah 12 yeah. plus 15 foot leader. And then, um, leader length size, I'll go longer. If I know the fish are suspended from the weight to the hook, I'll put a little bit longer dropper on there. Um, just so they don't see the weight or they don't try and bite the weight rather than the bait. And then if they're sitting close to the bottom or I'm in like a different situation, then I'll go a little bit shorter. Um, If the fish are in spawning mode or whatever, I'll just go with the shorter leader. And then reel size, I like a 3,000 size reel personally. Um, I don't know for sure. I just feel like it has a little bit smoother drag rather than the 2,000. And, you you know, it's a little bit easier on the floral when you get it into the line for your leader. It has more room to spread out on the spool with 3000, 3,000 size reel. And obviously with the reels we have nowadays, I use the... The new loose custom light what's the drag on it is incredible i mean using a 3000 size reel to a 2000 size reel the weight difference isn't much at all so especially in new reels yeah yeah right and are you an fg guy or uh i'm an fg guy i learned it oh gosh it wasn't even that long ago probably two and a half years and once i finally got it down it it honestly probably took me like six to eight months to get it to get it where i was confident in fishing with it not even using it on the boat uh, or like re-rigging it on the boat it was probably like a year in where i was finally like efficient with it re-tying it on the boat but yeah i finally got my method down and it's it's a little bit different than i'm sure than everyone else's but it works yeah and i'm pretty sure i think i heard you before
0: tungsten weights mostly right tungsten yeah yeah so if you're catching a hundred thousand dollars worth of fish in Saint Lawrence, you can you can toss tungsten weight back <laughs> like they're going out of style. Yeah. It doesn't feel bad losing a. T- it's easier to accept losing a tungsten weight when you're bringing in a six pounder.
1: Right. Right. Exactly.
0: All right, Alex. What? How about you? Ditto. Oh uh,
2: yeah, I feel like I'm pretty. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, I'm pretty much in the same ballpark. Um, I've never like experimented too much with like a slightly shorter rod. Like I feel like most of my drop shot rods are either like a seven foot medium or like a seven one or seven two. I don't, I haven't really gotten past like a seven two or seven three for length wise. Um, it's always like a medium action, medium, fast action, um, rod for the most part. Um, and then like line, line wise, it's either 10 or 15 pound braid to, um, like of the time it's eight pound fluorocarbon. Um, granted I've been on Lake Erie before and like I've beefed up to like 10 pound fluoro as for my leader line, just because there's a lot of zebra mussels and rocks and, um, certain times of year, like the water isn't as clear or the fish are just super hungry and like, they don't really care if it's eight pound test or 10 pound test. Um, Um, but yeah, I've never really done six pound tests. I just haven't been in the conditions or the scenario where I've like needed to downsize to that, um, that light of line. Um, and my kind of go-to for my leader length is I'll tie my knot and I'll reel it, I'll reel it down to, um, I'll have like a, I'll have a full length or I'll reel my knot all the way to my spool and then do it like one more, one more reel. So like that so if I have a seven foot rod, I'll have roughly like 16 feet of like leader line. Um, just because sometimes you break off or you're retying or like your weights fly off and uh, things like that. Um, and I keep it like pretty simple too. Um, I use either a number, like either one or two, uh, size drop shot hook. And like, I nose, I primarily nose hook it. I've never done, I've never really explored much with, uh, you kind of thread it on, um, just because I feel like you lose a lot of action on a lot of baits like that. Uh, I I it's hook it as close to like the tip of that bait that I'm using, like as close as I can, just because for like a drop shot hook is already pretty small, um, and so if you have that bait in there and the fish does bite it, like you want that bait to be like kind of as small as possible, like in that the bend of that hook, just because you want as much leverage as you can get, and like like and hopes like one of the bait, one of the fish eats the bait or it jumps like that bait just goes flying off. Just so I'd rather it go flying off and still be connected to the thing. just because it's more, Yeah, so you the, don't want the bait things that could possibly go wrong. Um, yeah. Yeah. You don't want it balled up. And then the fish doesn't have as much bend of the hook um, lodged in there. Um, and, and like, I just, I just do an overhand. Now I use lead drop shot weights. No, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I don't have that much money or I, I don't like no, I I don't have tungsten drop shot weights. Um, I feel like it could make a difference, certain things, just because
1: he's got a lot just of just because it, it is
2: more compact, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I just use I feel like I primarily just use three eighths drop shot weight just because you can kind of use it anywhere. Um, and I just do like overhand knot because. I kind of want that, that weight to be attached as like fragile as possible. So like when that fish does jump, it, it can just mm-hmm. kind of toss off the weight um, just because you don't, you don't want all that flopping around and um, gives it more of a, the fish more of a chance to lose it. Um, but this year, like I've, I've kind of thrown like all sorts of uh, like drop shot baits, um, obviously like the max sense of big deal, um, just the whole scent technology. Um, I've done a lot of like, um, like almost like Ned style baits, like, like Berkeley has like a little general, which is like just a small little like TRD style thing. Um, just because it's a lot less like subtle action. I feel like I've gained a lot of confidence in that compared to like a big old, like a more bigger, higher profile, like a flatworm or something like that. That's like four inches long. Um, but like a, like a little general or TRD, whatever you throw, um, it's just a lot more subtle and. of sleek going through the water it just kind of shimmies down Uh, i feel like i've gotten a lot of bites with that and for like the length i feel like between my weight and my hook i feel like i majority keep it the same it's normally like right around the foot or so uh, depending on if there's grass on the bottom or like if i'm fishing around like sand grass or whatever um grass it may be um, perch grass there's a lot of that on saint Clair. um yeah, pretty much keep it pretty simple. And like, one, as for like fighting a fish, wise, like I kind of like let the fish do what they want to do. Like I, I want I want their head to be kind of pointed in a certain direction as I'm like fighting it. But I mean, they're they're smallmouth. Like you're using light tackle. Like you can't really control them. Like they, all that you can kind of rely on is how smooth your drag is and uh, letting your drag do a lot of the work and kind of doing the fighting for you. Um, the whole lipping thing, the whole like we can't use nets, so that's been kind of new to me is trying to lip and get a hold of large smallmouth.
0: Yeah, for sure. Awesome. That's that great breakdown. Clearly, you guys are both passionate Nothing about drop beats. shot because like, I feel like if I answered a drop shot question, it would have been like a, a 10 <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're just like talking about drop shots. Yeah, really. we could do two hours just on drop shots. Yeah. come back, like just keep blabbering about drop shots. This is a funny question. <laughs> oh, yeah. definitely. Nah, I, I don't eat smallmouth,
2: but Jay might like. He probably eats smallmouth. I've never really eaten a
1: smallmouth. I had so. a few, yeah. Only a couple,
2: yeah. Because like I like I, I fish the Ohio River and like there's smallmouth in that. I wouldn't eat an no Ohio <laughs> River smallmouth. yeah why not why not
0: i don't think there's anything anybody wants to eat out of the the ohio
1: but do people keep fish out of there
2: i'm sure some do no like crappies and saw sawger saw guy yeah
1: there's
0: some catfish charters i I assume both you guys are running forward-facing yep Yeah, so, I mean, like, touch on, like, how much has it changed? I mean, you guys have probably only been using it for a couple years. How much has that changed Smalley Fishing, in your opinion?
1: Oh, man. I mean, I feel like it's changed the game dramatically. I mean, it went from having to catch 18 pounds to be, you know, a decent day to now it's, like, if you don't have 20 – because everyone's using it i mean that's how i felt on the st lawrence when it's calm and you can use it it's such a game changer what are you gonna say alex uh, i was
2: just gonna, right gonna going to say on. i feel like i've learned a lot about like smallmouth behavior um and like the way that smallmouth reacts like what type of mood they're in whether the sun's out or it's cloudy and like you, like, you can tell, like, right away, like, yeah. what kind of the mood the fish are in. And also, like, it just, like, it shows you how much, how many fish are in an area and, like, how fish, how smallmouth will wander and how they'll just super nomadic mm-hmm. and they'll just be on the move and how fast they can move.
1: Yeah, it's changed that aspect of it. And the, I feel like the weights have just gone up so much compared to where they were pre-live scope i mean i feel like it's pretty incredible
0: yeah and i think some of the stuff you touched on jay like how you like to use <clears throat> lighter drop shot weights right that's probably a direct response to things that you've seen yeah, on right. Sonar, right like right. you've probably seen where fish were following it to the bottom and then you change mm-hmm. to a light and all of a sudden they're catching it and now you see that and then it keeps reinforcing it because it keeps happening or you like they don't like that color half shell yeah change to another one, all of a sudden they're eating it instead of like looking at it and things like you can just make decisions and process your choices faster because you're getting
1: instant feedback. Right. Everything else is without it, it's blind, right? I mean you're fishing twenty feet of water, you can't see the bottom. I mean, realistically, you don't know what's going on down there. You don't know if he's you don't know if he's looking at it. You don't know if he followed it to the bottom. You don't know if you should reel it in or leave it there. No, there was yeah. fish there on Tuesday, but you don't really know if that school is still there because <laughs> yeah, you didn't right. want to idle it over in the tournament, right? So, like, you're right, exactly. With live
0: sonar, you're like, nope, they're still there. I still see twenty of them sitting there. Like,
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that's an, probably another thing too. Is waste of time is out the window. There's no more wasted time. You know, obviously, time is money for what we do, and there's no more of that. I mean, you look with it. If they're not there, I mean, why are you? Why are you wasting twenty minutes trying to force something that's literally not even in front of you or there's not even a living species down there.
0: Critical gravy is calling for everybody to send a pack of tungsten drop shot weights to Alex for next season. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> oh gosh. Appreciate so, uh, it. <laughs> well, you can send me an email. We'll send a collection fund. Um <laughs> you, have you have a preferred style? Do you want uh, to well, drop use... or the balls use... <laughs> or the,
2: I use tungsten or like I use tungsten. I, I like I use lead for drop shot weights. Like but I do yeah, use tungsten. I'm not like that. I'm not I'm like, like that. <laughs> I'm not that impoverished. I can flip with <laughs> tungsten guys. The old ball and chain. Oh,
0: that's funny. <laughs> nice. Cool. Well, I know uh Jay, uh you wanted to kind of yeah. keep it didn't want to go on a marathon show. You probably want to hang out with uh the misses that's I assume her walking in the background is reminding you that like that's we were supposed time. to watch a, we're supposed to watch a movie tonight, Jay. Um so. <laughs> yeah, no. so I want to thank you guys for coming on. That's awesome. Really appreciate it. Um well,
1: but, Yeah, thanks uh, for having
0: us. Yeah, so good luck in uh 2023. We're going to hang on here for a few more minutes. I got a few things I want to show off. So everybody that's oh, okay. watching in the chat, you don't have to go anywhere, but uh we're going to let Alex and Jay go uh and get back to you guys got some lake prep, some sleep to get, you know, things got to get done before uh, Okeechobee, right?
1: Lots yeah. of stuff's got to get done. Yeah. We got to get the boat yeah. wrapped and we got to drive down to Florida. Yeah, I want to plug in point, one uh?
2: thing for it. Sure. Yeah. yeah I well. guess if there's anything else yeah, for yeah, sure, like if I plug sponsors, I plug yeah, things like that quick. Yeah. yeah um, next year, Jay and I were actually doing, um. Our, next year jay and i are doing um, a youtube series um mm-hmm. we're each gonna like uh kind of create our own our own videos of um kind of like day in the life of both of our um, snoring adventures or fish catching adventures or whatever it may be um we're like we're each gonna have our own separate channel we're gonna have um some content produced for that um so we're like kind of super we're pretty excited for that um, just because it's kind of like a new avenue that we're exploring um at least for content and it should it should be pretty fun like there'll be a lot of fish catches hopefully and then also a lot of just kind of cutting loose and what actually goes on in um some of the the crusty places that jay and i stays at and things like <laughs> that and the real life yeah of thanks for... to 23 year olds fishing on the elite series
1: right yeah i feel like I felt like it was definitely an opportunity that we had in front of us and I'm glad we, uh, we went out of the way to hopefully make that done and we're going to have our, our own fish catches, but everything else will be filmed behind the scenes. And, uh, I think it'll be pretty cool. I think it'll be, I think it'll be something people at least want to want to take a look at in the long run. So yeah, it's a joint channel or a separate channel or what's that, uh, it's, uh, it's going to be two separate channels, but uh, our actual fish catches and things that happen on the water and during the tournament will be separated. So it'll be separated into two different videos, but um, some of the behind-the-scenes and other things will, will be similar in the video. But uh, the whole tournament aspect of it, you know, what, what Alex catches on the St. Lawrence in a day or what happens on the water will be separate. Yeah. So you guys have somebody... Hired to help you with this, I assume, or yep, yep, without somebody to do it. I mean, I felt like if you're, you know, during the tournament, obviously, we could probably maybe do it and get it out later. But, um, someone that has that experience and knows what he's doing and nice. can help with behind the scenes stuff and things like that is a huge and discipline help. to actually do it, <laughs> right? That's, I mean, it's, it's a lot of. I give the guys that do it so much prop um, to sit down and edit a video, like a 20 minute video. I mean, that takes a lot of time. Those guys are idiots for sure. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, so we'll just, I mean, are those channels out there where people can
1: search your name and find them? Are they created um, yet They're not, not? A, they're not currently up right now, but, yeah. um, look for them to be, up. you know, February of next year when we go to our first tournament, because these are, these are going to be tournament based videos with mixed videos in between. We're going to, um, obviously we're going to spread off and do our own videos when we're not actually fishing tournaments, but, um, just a little bit of a jump start um, to film the actual, you know what we're doing, like what we're doing on the road. So I assume it's just going to be Jay Shakur at fishing
0: and Alex Redwine fishing on YouTube, like probably
1: something like that. Yeah, almost, like that, Alex
0: decides yeah, to spice
2: yeah. up. I no, I already have. A, I have a YouTube channel. There's like <laughs> I think there's like three videos uh-huh. on it. Like one's of oh yeah, you me do. fishing in Florida for fun. One, and then I have two videos of me fishing on the Ohio River. Uh, just short little things. If anyone has any desire to watch me catch something out of that ohio river um but so is yeah, that where yours is like going to be hosted so, so people can go there and like that's the channel that'll be on and that's it. okay yeah it's just alex it's just alex red fishing and um but yeah so, so, but yeah we're really looking forward to that and hopefully
0: hopefully
2: yeah hopefully people So are everybody, really watching
0: it go subscribe right now and Alex can get a big jump on Jay and subscribers. And then that'll be the first step to beat Jay 23. (laughs) Yeah. yeah.
2: Hashtag beat Jay 2023. Oh my God. All right, dude. All right, guys. I'll put that in my own
1: thing too. (laughs) Nice.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to, Keep answering a few questions and hang out. Thanks for jumping in guys. and uh, you
1: can, Yeah, uh, no problem. appreciate you having us on. Yeah. Good yeah, luck this year. Sure. Thank you.
0: All right. Thanks guys. That was awesome. Um, that was fun. So hope you guys enjoyed that. We're going to keep the thing rolling here a little bit just because I'm in case, in case TK is watching and I don't want him to be upset with me. I know Amy was here. I don't want him to have to watch any uh, reality TV too early tonight I did see uh, Amy bopped in earlier and said hi we were rolling so I didn't get to say hi Amy if you're still around Speaking of Amy and TK I do have some some mail I've got a couple things of mail so I did get some uh, uh, last minute stuff for uh, uh, kind of some Cyber Monday Black Friday stuff so I'm um, gonna open those up answer any questions, kind of check in. So what's going on with everybody? Reminder that we are uh, powered by Arsenal Fishing and Omnia. It sounds like the name of the channel is going to be Alex Redwine Fishing or something like that that's already out there, and then Jay's still got to create his. Um, Amy's still here. What's up, Amy? Sounds like you guys mostly liked it. Um, I'm almost exactly their age combined. I'm 44, so if you you, uh, add them together, they're almost... uh, the same age as I am yeah your math was a little bit off AJ but we'll let it slide it made for a good reel I'll make my own link sausage on the phone there you go getting that getting that deer made into venison that's awesome so that's cool all right uh, what so we got the uh, the 2bd Termin. Or the pack from uh, Tacklecraft. Uh, as a man, I haven't even started shopping for... I had one thing come in, but no, I still need to uh, go. Um... <laughs> Bad math. Uh, math is not your strong suit. Um, how's my prep going for night? I'm still trying to figure out what I want to fish next year. started laying out schedules i want to fish the bfls trying to figure out how i'm going to swing that with time off um making a list of things i want to get for the couple things i want to get for the boat um all right we got some some hot link venison recipes for you tk from the muffin man um do do what else is going on here any questions all right yeah so tournament uh, yeah the prep so i got some things to add to the chemist some things going on um i want to add some things to the boat other than that like gear wise i don't imagine doing a ton here so let's uh let's see what's anybody, any guesses what this is i'm sure somebody can guess Open the Arsenal, so as a reminder, while I'm opening this, uh, Arsenal is still running their Cyber Month. I want to say it's like Cyber 23 or something, you can probably find a post somewhere. But basically, 30% off everything, and any orders put you in a raffle for $500 prize. Um, not a rattle trap, Nick. Um, we got ourselves a couple Christmas plugs. Look at those little guys. It may look familiar. I didn't want to take the chance that I was going to get one for Christmas, so I bought two. So one is for me to uh, I don't know maybe put on display, festive, have it in the background for Christmas. The uh, the little Debbie Christmas, you know. Maybe I'll fish it. Maybe I'll uh, hang it up. Maybe I'll put it on the tree. I can see that. Oh, man. Come on, camera. That white. White never works on the webcam. There you go. Better. I don't know if they still have any of these left, Amy or TK. Are they all gone? Can people still get these? I'm not sure. So, yeah. Grab two. Maybe a a video. I caught an eight-pound bass on a christmas cake the christmas lights i got red and green right here see them six left there are six left so if you want one for your christmas tree we could do a oh yeah i know what you're talking about the christmas that is a good point i think i still have those wait wait for it i forgot all about this i can't believe that we forgot about Those I completely forgot. Who's the one that, uh, who's asking about the lights? I lost it. TK will take all deer processing tips sent to his inbox. Yes, it is the Christmas tree crank. Not a chance. Uh, Yeah, there you go, Bo. I got him up. Thanks for the reminder. I kind of forgot about those. Um, Excellent stocking stuffer for the angler that has everything. Tackle cross is a good pre-spawn bait. Oh yeah, it could be wild theme. Let's go with it. Uh, Festive AF. There you go. All right. So this one is for me. This one is for one of you members. I'm going to give this away on a member stream here in December. I don't know exactly the date of that, but I thought this would be a sweet little gift for one of the members. So uh, one of these coming for the members so if you don't want to take chances you can head over to tackle craft and grab one of the last six or you can become a member or one of the existing members take your chances until then we'll put one here in front of the uh uncle josh pork up here can we see that right there oh my gosh what is wrong with me must be the kraken We'll set the other one right there, have them hang out. We'll cover up the vixen since vixens don't work. A little Christmas, all right. Also, there's some Christmas tree cakes or Christmas tree cake shirts, I think, at the print craft. Is that right, Amy? And uh, oh, TK grind cheap bacon into your ground burger. Uh, yeah, probably a team trail. I don't know which one. Trying to figure it out. What's going to work. The nice thing about the team trails, they're all on Sunday, which helps save time off from work. Which, the problem with the BFLs is they're on Saturdays, so it's hard to practice two days without using two weeks of vacation. That's my conundrum. Um, All right, so there's those. And then I got this, which was another Cyber Weekend purchase. This uh, particular company had... I think 30% off they had on the site. I'm pretty sure it is now since gone. But uh, something kind of caught my eye on there. Um, So the... uh, And I didn't know what exactly, hard to tell exactly what they looked or how big they were. But uh, they look like kind of chicken style jigs. So these are Bryant's Custom Jigs. I got them a little heavier. Got the Mustad version in a three quarter. So these are definitely a little smaller than a chicken. But they're, I got two different colors here. I forget what the colors are called. Doesn't say on the pack. They're kind of a, a shad and a bleeding shad color. Um, So these are definitely not as full-bodied as a chicken. I don't have a chicken anywhere around here, but I wanted to get these kind of style jigs to throw because there's a lot of guys catching some really good largemouth up on our lakes on these style jigs, but these are a little bit smaller. So grab those from uh, Bryant's Custom Jigs. No affiliation. I just took a flyer on these to see how they looked and how they potentially stacked up towards a chicken. There's something I might want to throw. Uh, what else is going on? Uh, not too much. Yeah, I think that's for the, like, cause I think straight ground venison is not the best. It's a little dry, right? I think a lot of us like, uh, cutting some steaks out of some of the loins and the back straps and maybe the few prime cuts around the shoulders. But a lot of the stuff that you grind up, typically you need a little fat in there um cuz i know my neighbor has some like pork sausage brat sausage things that they didn't really add any meat to not my favorite not gonna lie yeah i agree you know i Not a popular opinion, Travis, but I am totally 100% with you. Like, I like deer and I like venison, but to me, venison tops out here and the ceiling on beef is like way higher. I mean, I know venison is healthier and leaner and it has a unique flavor, but like, we're talking like 21 day old, dry aged ribeye. From a quality grass-fed beef, no contest. I'll take beef all day. Tyler, fishing the Champs Tour. Same thing there. All their tournaments are on Thursday. And hard to roll into an Every Fish Counts event, fishing on a day and a half of practice. So, um, And everybody else is putting a week out there. That's just not uh, – it doesn't work for me. I need to – If a guy that wanted to fish more tournaments, definitely. If you're young, service tonight, PSA. If you're young, thinking about wanting to get into tournament fishing heavy, do not get a job for the man in a corporate world where you only get three or four weeks of vacation. You're never going to be fishing as much as you want. Become a a realtor, own your own business, construction, uh, things like that. Where you can kind of make your own schedule, but if you only have so much vacation and you ever decide to get married and have a life and a family and a wife and kids, you're just never going to have enough vacation to fit fish everything you want so there's your there's your uh life advice from old man Hella bass. I could go with some venison poppers. I could download that, but then again, right we're jalapeno cream cheese, bacon, and then a little bit of venison. <laughs> Whoa, most controversial comment of the night in here from AJ. That's because you're too busy baking muffins, AJ. You don't have time for beef. But uh, what else? So, yeah, next week, Friday night, Bradley Hallman, right before Christmas. Um. So look forward to that. Maybe next Wednesday night, maybe I do like a live, maybe that's when we give some of this stuff away. Um, The following week, I think we're going to have bass fishing HQ. I thought about reaching out to TK to see if he wanted to come on Friday night for some just good old fashioned bass talk, maybe December 30th, but I haven't actually sent him a note yet. Um, maybe a little late night after Bean goes to bed, you know, just get into like two, three hours of just deep bass chat. Um, uh, yeah. If you can just live off somebody else's money, then that's ideal. Oh, they big-timed you, TK. Unreal. Never paint any crankbaits for anybody at the Yamamoto Ranch after that. Yeah, I'm excited to have Hallman back on. That was a fu- I feel like that was a really good stream that we had a while back when the audience wasn't super huge, but we had some really good discussion that one's probably worth uh, going back and listening to uh hallman shared some really good sage advice uh for tournament anglers and just fishing in general um, so excited to have him back on he's a really good dude so yeah who's uh, uh anybody on here got all their christmas shopping done or are you like the traditional male where you haven't even started christmas shopping as god intended um but uh yeah we're creeping on 2 hours. I don't know we can answer a few questions. I don't know otherwise we can wrap things up. I know mainstream fishing and uh fishing the southeast. I think it went live at 9:30 central. Um I kind of set up an auto redirect so hopefully you guys that are still on here will just get thrown into Jermaine's stream. We'll see if it works. Um, better late than never Gabe we know you're always going to listen when you're delivering people's uh, parcels so that's cool can never go wrong with an Omnia gift card for sure if they don't like them hopefully they just give them back to you a kayak for Christmas there you go join the plastic navy Amy Oh, look at you, Amy. Such a prepper. But, uh, oh, all right. Yeah, I don't, man. I thought I'd have more to talk about after the uh, going on, but uh, yeah, Jermaine's on. We can uh, go over and flood his stream. I'll go ahead and uh, put that in the comments. There you go. Long con, re-gift year after year. Travis bought all his girls' kayaks. All right. ask for Ami gift cards. Yep. I have the auto to redirect on. Uh, wow. There you go. There you go. Ron gifted the premium membership to a buddy's. That's the gift that keeps on giving. So you give it to, yeah. So did you get multiple rounds of credit? I didn't, why did not think of that? So you did Ron. just to verify you bought your, you renewed your own, then you bought for somebody else and you got multiple rounds of $30 credit. Cause then we all should have been gifting each other premium because you just, it would have been free. You've just been basically buying your own gift cards and giving them uh, the, the membership. Yeah, there you go. Come on, TK, get a sitter or and, and take her fishing. Or you can pull her in a kayak behind you if that's the happy medium. Uh, I only have a couple of the. I have the, the is it the wreck? I have them right here, Dustin. Let's see, I have the, that one? I think that's the wreck. I think they're both the little wrecks. I forget which ones these are. I don't remember. These are the only ones I bought, which are like the WEC ones, I think. Wow. Any other balsa baits that I have? I mean, TK I mean speaks highly of the Marty Burns. Uh oh, so the gifted ones, they got the credit. So they get a membership and the thirty dollar credit. That's nice. Uh Yeah, that's the wreck. I have not tried the waterwoods. I've heard those aren't balsa though. Those are some Brazilian or South American wood or something. Uh but other balsas? I don't know. Most of mine are like Like the method, which they don't make anymore, which are sketchy. Then I've got some actual WEC balsas. I've got a couple um, Bagleys. I guess I would probably just go with some Bagleys if we're looking for like kind of uh, regular balsas. And then uh, if you want to get a little bit nicer, the Black Label is probably a good option. There you go, Andy stocked up on the cheap bass hack. There you go, the Marupa wood. Yeah. wow tk you're really in the giving spirit but uh all right we're gonna wrap things up if you came in late i think there was some good uh fun humor some nuggets uh on the replay you can catch that on facebook or youtube or uh uh search Hellabass on your favorite podcast app and uh as always here to help you guys catch more big bass suck less enjoy germaine's stream see you there